Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Do me a favor, subscribe to the John Conn Report wherever you get your podcasts. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. You can find us there as part of Empire Media. That's A-M-P-I-R-E. Always much appreciated when you tune in. And of course, you can always read my work on ESPN.com. And don't forget, now that training camp starts on Wednesday, I will be doing daily practice reports. So you know what happened every day, the highlights, the lowlights, whatever, you'll be up to date. So for those watching on YouTube, you can see that the voice of the commanders, Bram Weinstein, is joining me right here. So let's get right to Bram. Bram, let's start with, I know we're a couple days removed and we're going to be talking about training camp. We're not just going to be talking about ownership, but you're a longtime Washington fan. You've covered this franchise for a few decades. And now you're the voice. What was Friday like witnessing that for you? Thursday and Friday too. I mean, I was, um, you know, I want to, you know, I think I want to shout out my colleagues over at, um, you know, the other radio stations that threw those parties. And it was really, it was just so reassuring to see that. Um, You know, I've been saying to a younger generation of people, because I'm 50 and I'm like, you don't know what it's like here when they're good. You You don't, you don't understand it. And Maybe it'll never be like that again. I could be naive and thinking that it can be like that again, but I know what it was. And like, it was so reassuring to see the reaction to this. And th- this is without them really, they're saying all the right things. They haven't done anything yet. Not that, right. you know, they've been here, they've been here a week, you know, where they're allowed to do anything. They haven't done any, they haven't done anything yet. Uh, but just the idea that they understand what's at stake, what it was, what it can be, what the connection is to the community. I fell in love with this team, John, you know, when I was a kid, growing up in the 80s, glory days, because they unified our community. I mean, it's really as simple as that. Like there was, everybody loved this team. Everybody rooted for this team. It changed the mood of the city. It changed the mood of the area. I went to a Super Bowl parade where they shut down every school system in the area, every single one of them. That's what this team means. And it just felt like, you know, I keep saying like, you just wait one day, you'll see, you'll see, you'll see. And then this occurred and just for 24 hours, 48 hours, it looked like everyone was back on board, you know, or at least had this euphoric feel to it. Why can't it be like that again? If they win, I don't why know. wouldn't it get like that again? Like this, this because now you have, if, if they win, you now have a team that's would be winning with the group in or in a situation that you can take a lot more pride in, right? So why couldn't it get back to that point? I don't know. I mean, like, it's just been a long time since I think the community has had that kind of connection. It's been shown in ticket sales and shown in some interest. And then, 
you know, like, I don't really, I, I think at this point, I want to look ahead. We can have a conversation about Dan Snyder another time if you really want to look back at it. But I really eh. think that, you know, yeah, I, we've only, we've talked about that for 20 years. Right. And, um, and it, so, and 20 years is a long time, you know, so, you know, there, there probably are a lot of people that became fans of other teams or tuned out or just, you know, if they're going well, I'll pay attention, but if they're not, I'm, I'm going to get upset. And then the last few years with, you know, what's been publicized about what's been going on. Um, I don't blame a lot of people for being mad. You know, I talk about this a lot. I do a lot of events, especially starting now during the season, I'm asked to do a lot of events and I meet a lot of people. And it was always like, I would always lean on, there's no ambivalence for this team at all. Like go anywhere, talk to anybody about it. There's no ambivalence about it. Right. right. There was anger. I mean, like right. just your anger. I would do these, these panels and we'd be talking about the team and invariably somebody would ask something about ownership and the, you could feel just the air get sucked out of the room and it would start these conversations and it's, I'm like, God, it's a football team. We all clearly like because everyone is angry, they care, you know, and I just really hope that like, you know, like it, we're all breathing a little easier today. The clouds have lifted today. Hopefully this group will shepherd in the type of things that, you know, we hope they're going to win. And, but I, I will lean back on what they said that I think is very, very important outside of just winning, obviously winning is a big deal and hopefully they will. It's very hard to do though. I don't want to put that kind of pressure on them. It's very, very, very hard to do. Um, but what I do want them to make good on is that everyone's proud of this organization. Right. All of them kept talking about that. And I think that there was a loss of pride. You know, when I tweeted out something the other day, just like, how are you all feeling today? Somebody replied something to the effect of it doesn't feel immoral to root for them. Right. And I felt that that was a valid criticism. Yeah, that absolutely. There were so many things you could look at and go. I love the team. I love the NFL. I love what they mean for us. I love McLaurin and Allen and Chase and, and all these players that are very easy to like. They have a very likable team. Yeah. But there's so many other things. It's hard to raise your hand and say, I'm all on board on this. And with one massive $6 billion transaction, at least everybody gets to root for them again and feel good about it until told otherwise. But, you know, I've right. got, you know, I've got, I'm, I'm putting on beyond rose colored glasses for this group. They have said all the right things. I know they have like the, the managing director. I think that's what he's going by um, has a history of working with teams. You don't hear bad things about those organizations. Oh. So I'm very optimistic about what has come in here, what's about to happen and what the next few years are going to look like. Right. And, and listen, this ownership group, I know it's a big one, but the main players, are dramatically different than the type of people that Dan Snyder would surround himself with. And that matters because uh, Josh Harris is not going to be out there every day running things. All these guys aren't. But if you surround yourself with those kind of people, and I'm a massive believer in you are defined by the people you surround yourself with and the people you surround yourself with help you get to where you need to go. And they, they in this case, they can carry out your vision. And so I think that's one of the strengths they have. Now, when they win, if they, I don't know, but I certainly like their chances a lot better than what we've seen and their ability to put together something than what we've seen in the last couple of de decades to sustain winning. And I think that, you know, it's, again, it's who you surround yourself with. And when you look at that, you look up on that stage and, you know, I don't know if they're all saints or anything like that, but I, they certainly are people who's, who have the reputation of treating people right. And I think, yeah. you know, and it's funny because Josh Harris said this in the press, and I, I want to get back to the football side on the field, but this last thing for me, but in that presser, he said something about basically 
you win with people. And I kind of laugh because sitting right in front of me in that presser was Joe Gibbs. And Gibbs would always say something like that. You win yeah. with people. And when you take that approach, then you have a chance. I remember several years ago for ESPN, we had to do this survey of every team and like, you know, just kind of the nuts and bolts of the operation, all that. And it's like, even down to the point where it's like, what is your organizational credo or, or motto? And I remember having to ask the PR director, Tony Wiley, he's like, he went and checked with Dan. He's like, oh, just win. Like, well, that's not, that's not a, a motto, right? That's not a credo. It's not, it's supposed to be your philo organizational philosophy. That's not that's a right. philosophy. That's a result of your philosophy. Correct. You know, and I, I think if it, you ask Harris, you ask Gibbs, it's going to be surround yourself with the right people or you win with people, whatever it is. So I already like that aspect of it. And I think you have a better chance when you take that approach. And again, you still have to hire the right people down the road. We don't know what kind of a football manager they're going to be or anything like that. But if you can get the right people, then you have a chance. And yeah, so, I, you know, uh, getting to cover Gibbs those second go around the four years that he was the coach here was really great. Um, and he talked a lot about that. He goes, we're, yes, you know, in, all the time. in getting the players, you'd always say the hardest part is we're picking people and right. the people have to, you know, he'd use, we'd make fun of him with the giggles and say they have to be super smart and all that <laughs> stuff. But he would also say they have to love football. Right. <laughs> you do. And you learn this as you go along that like some of the most talented players don't love it like that. No. And they just, it's a job, you know, for them, they're good at it. It's not that they don't want to be there. It's just, you know, they don't love it, love it. It's not all in on it. And, you know, I could feel the passion from Josh Harris and yeah. Mitchell rails, like, and Mark Ein too. I'm sure they grew up here. Yeah. They know, they know what it's like. Now that said, so did Dan Snyder. Right. And I like that they said, and I don't think they meant it as a jab at him, but it's not, a, the quote was, it's not enough just to be a fan of the team. There and, were a few things that were the opposite of yes. what's happened here, but yes. Yeah. I mean, they, they're, they're not putting their head in the sand. No. You know, and like, I would have done the same. Pretending that they don't know. I mean, they're, they were like, there are things that happened here that were unfortunate. Like they're not trying to, they're not trying to sugarcoat anything. And I think that's, that's better served to so move forward here. Let's just clean break but acknowledge the past and, you know, like for this group, you know, I, I think they, they come into a situation where everybody wants to give them the benefit of the doubt, you know, the bar is very low. So I, you know, and I, that, that is, that's a good starting point for a new ownership group because even if they have a couple missteps or they're going to make, they're going to make a lot of decisions and yeah. I'm sure some will be controversial and people won't and some like, won't work. Because, yeah. And so, some will be great. And some of them are going to be controversial because, they're getting here, you know, late and it's going to take a year and they're going to make decisions. And, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about all of them as we go along here. Um, but I do believe they'll get the benefit of the doubt because in general, I think the area is breathing a sigh of relief today that they feel like no matter what hands they're in, it's better hands. That's all. Listen, and I want to get right to the field. So my last comment on this, I'm going to ask you a question about on the field because we need to get back there. This city was ready to embrace this team again before that Giants game and the air went out. So like they are there. Like I, I fully expect a lot of enthusiasm around this team this year. Now they have to go deliver, but I think that, I think you're going to start seeing that back again. And I look forward to that for the players, for the area. Like, you know, I mean, I've been in this area for a long time. I, I remember what it was like in 91 before I was covering the team and what it's like. And it's like, it's, it's an exciting, when you're in a city like that, it's fun because there's a lot of energy and all that. So anyways, on the field, let's get there. What are you most looking forward to seeing in training camp? Sam Howell. I, I think, um, I, I just, 
I'd like to think that who knows, you know, like we don't know if he's good or he's not. I'm watching this series on Netflix about quarterback. Um, when Kirk Cousins was drafted, if if you told me he'd be in the league this long as a franchise quarterback, who would have really believed that, you know? Um, so I'd like to sit here and believe that, you know, maybe they have something here. So, but he's, he's kind of everything, at least initially for me. And then uh, I think the defense is going to be really, really, really interesting to watch closely how they practice, like just in general, because I have a full expectation that you're going to see some unique formations with them. I think that they're very versatile. And I wonder how much of a glimpse of we're going to get of that in the summer. Um, and then I'm really, really excited. And this is a couple of weeks away for the Baltimore week, because I yeah. think that that's going to really define a lot. Of, I feel like outside of unforeseen things like injuries or whatever that may happen in the course of the camp, I think that's going to be a big, very telling week about where this group is as they head towards the regular season. So I, I am looking forward to seeing how, because that kid's made a lot of strides over the course of the year. He has come a long way. And I know, all this stuff everybody saw in Carolina, but he needed some work and he admitted he needed some work, but he's put in the work and he's gotten a lot better. So I'm curious to see where he goes. You know what I also like, Bram, that with Jacoby Brissett, I think he was such a good signing. So here's part of my reason for saying that. So, you know, a group of the players were down in Florida working out. It was Howell, it was Brissett, McLaurin was there, Demi Brown, a few other guys were there. That was organized by Brissett, my understanding. But what I also had heard is that Brissett was doing a really good job of mentoring Howell. So I think he's got a good situation for him to, and I think that says a lot about Jacoby Brissett. And it's why I thought he was such a good signing because that's kind of his reputation. But it's it, it really, I think it also kind of, it helps so much a kid like Howell who's he's only thrown 19 passes. There's going to be a lot of pressure on him. And if you can have a guy like that in your corner, and, you know, listen, if Howell slips, Brissett is right there to to get that job. Yeah. But to have a guy so. like I, that I, there is know, a big deal. I mean, initially, I kind of read it like we're going to have a real competition here because Rivera kept saying that. And then when they signed him and, you know, Heineke left and he signed Brissett, I'm like, well, they just got a better player. Right. So there's really going to be a competition here. And then as the, as the spring materialized, there's no one that believes that whatsoever. So it's like Hal apparently has to lose the job, right? Um, you know, to not be the starter. But I do think they're going to be they're going to force him to compete. I, yeah. That's what I hope happens. Like I, what I don't want to see is an easy road into becoming the starter. I think he should earn it in some right. way. And so that means playing in the preseason games. That means looking good in practice. And that means that Baltimore week. I, yeah. I really no, that's feel a big like week. that Baltimore week is enormous. You're going to get a chance to see him against a top tier team. Um, in their facility and you'll get to see how he performs against them. And then they're going to play them that weekend. And then the third and final preseason game, he probably won't play if he's the starter. So it's the last chance to really get a look. And I, I think that that's everything this summer to me. So I want to see what happens there. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to seeing just the timing of his, of his play. And, you know, sometimes when you're in those practice settings as the media and just people watching in general, you, you focus so much on results because that's what you see. That's what you know. But what you don't always know is what goes into that play, who was supposed to do what, where was the primary read, et cetera. And so, but what I'm looking for, so if you don't always know that, I look for the timing of the throw. When you hit your plan step, are you getting the ball out, whether it's seven on seven or full team drills? So I'm curious to see what his timing is like there, the quickness of his decision-making, 
And, you know, a lot of times too, like, are they, if the defense is working on blitzes, have these guys put in a game plan to work to effectively handle those kind of blitzes and maybe not. So, but how do you handle those situations? So I'm looking forward to seeing that because that will tell a lot with the timing. And I thought his timing and rhythm was pretty good at times in the spring. So I liked what I saw there. And there were some, there's some hiccups as you would expect. And, and then if you have a bad day, how do you respond? Yeah. My thing on how would be, I, I don't worry about him. Like I would worry about cousins early on. If you had a bad day, a bad game, a bad series, I don't, I think Howell does a better job at putting that stuff behind him quicker. Yeah. I hope so. The other thing too, we'll is find this, out. Like you, you and I watched the five practices we got to watch in the spring and the enemy was on these guys just um, a little bit. For, um, and it's understatement. For yeah. a million little mistakes, because he thinks the little mistakes add up to big mistakes. And I agree with him. I and, agree with him. And hopefully those, it's so, you know, the first week or two is a lot of that stuff corrected. Is there a lot, I mean, he's going to be loud, but is it going to be a lot less the loud, like we saw with corrections constantly happening? Is it fine tuning some of the stuff or are they still in that space? So I want to see that. And then again, I'm referencing this, this series. Cause it's so good that I've been watching yes, it. But it's like, it. and since since um you know the enemy came from Kansas City and they're profiling Mahomes last year, we're seeing a lot of how they practice. And there was one in a recent episode where they talked about on Wednesdays to do this thing called the lab, where they let the players basically kind of make up some plays. And if Andy Reid's down with it, they'll run it in a game if the <laughs> situation pops up and they do that. But that only ha- one, it's Pat Mahomes, so I get it. But like yes, two, <laughs> two, it's and the veterans so on the same page that they're not worried about everything else. They're letting them be creative. We're not anywhere near anything. No, like you that. can't get to that point. Right. Yet. So like, so think about this for a moment. This is a completely new offense with a completely inexperienced quarterback, you know, with an offensive line that frankly, if we're being honest here, we don't know if it's good or not until no. week one. Correct. Like we're, you're not going to find that out in the preseason that unless hopefully there's no injuries, but you're, you're literally not going to know that. Until we get to week one and see them play defenses at real speed that are bringing game plans and see how it goes. So, you know, I would like to be bullish about the offense, but until I see how and where he is, until I see if the enemy's overcorrecting everything still because out of necessity or not just because he's, you know, needles them constantly, but out of necessity, are they a little more refined? Are they a little more on the same page? And, and then until we see the offensive line actually out there in whatever form it's going to be, I don't really think we know what the offense is going to be at all. Right. And I, you, you might get some hints of what they're going to think they're good at, how run to pass are they going to be, how are they going to utilize people like Gibson, might they use Robinson a little differently than we think, how many tight ends are going to play. Like, I really think we're going to see all these things in the summer, but how they function as a whole Give me the first month of the season and then we'll have this conversation again. Yeah. And that's the one thing. And even talking to people over there, they know that it might take a minute for the offense to come together. So, and I only say that, like, I think they, I think the second half of the year is going to be very telling for the offense because it, it is going to take a few games to come together. I mean, you do have a young quarterback and I know people there, like they also are the same kind of the same place that I am with how I think how can be a good quarterback but I don't know when that's going to happen. And I don't think they know either because how can you know? There's still a lot of questions, whether about him, he's got to go through situations. How do you handle a situation in a game? You Again, you can think he'll be good, but it doesn't mean he's going to be good in week 
that he'll be good every game for right away. That's asking an awful lot, especially in a new offense. And so I'll be curious to see, like you, Bram, I think you brought up a good point. What is Biennemi correcting them on? Is it getting in and out of the huddle at the right speed, at the right tempo? Or is it more details of the fine-tuning of route running and things like that? And I'm a big believer that they they needed this kind of energy from an offensive coach. And I yes. think just the team needs that. And like they're these the def, the defensive players get caught up in his energy as well. And they want to shut him down. And even like the offensive guys, Curtis Samuel, are like, we can't let Bienemy be the only one who has energy out there. So they've got to respond to that too. That's a good thing. But yeah, what are the things he's correcting them on? And and if it's more details, fine-tuned details versus um basic things like take control of the huddle. That was an issue in the spring a couple times. And he you know, was getting, mad at you know, just about everybody with routes or timing or yeah. where they were supposed to be. He was shutting down screen passes going, where are you going? So, yeah. you know, like, is that still happening? You know, if it happens first couple of days, fine. But I'm talking two weeks in. Is yeah, that yeah, still yeah, happening because yeah. that's where they are? Or are it has all that sunk in and we're moving on to next level stuff that they're working on? And then yeah. that'll be very telling to me. And it'll yeah, be and, obvious. And, yeah, it'll be and, very I, telling. and I think he still remains their biggest, obviously, offseason addition. And you can't underscore. And this is one of the things I was going to ask you, too, about, like, you look around the NFL landscape and what people think of this roster outside of this Washington bubble and whether, you know, national pro, you know, predictions, et cetera. But I think some of the things that get missed a little bit is one, I, what we, I have questions about the line. I do think it's better than last year going into the season right now. It's better than last year without, without Andrew Norwell and Trey Turner at guards. And, and I think Nick Gates should be a solid center. So, but I don't know how good it's going to, I don't, I don't know how good it's going to be, but I think it's better than last year. And I also think the B enemy effect will be a very positive one and people can't, you, it's hard to understate just the lack of confidence they had in the previous in Scott Turner by the end. And, you know, we'll see, but I think those things are all positive changes. School is out and summer is here, so it's time to plan your next family adventure. With eight different levels, 16 courses, 250 climbing obstacles, and over 4,000 feet of zip lines, the Adventure Park at Sandy Spring, located in Montgomery County, Maryland, is the largest ropes course and zip line park in the country. Beat the heat and join us after dark for some night climbing. When the sun goes down, the park is lit up, allowing you to climb under the stars. Check out their glow-in-the-park events for extra glow lights and music throughout the forest. Want to keep your feet on the ground? Grab a bite to eat from the food truck and give axe throwing a try. Perfect for first-timers or experts, their projector systems allow you to throw at traditional targets, play tic-tac-toe, connect four, or even hunt zombies. Listeners of this show can get $5 off any ticket by entering the code KIME23DC at checkout. That's promo code KIME23DC, K-E-I-M-2-3-D-C. Now open seven days a week. This is the perfect time of year to get outside and join the adventure at theadventurepark.com. How much do you think it will help with this ownership change? Does it trickle down to them? If so, how? Yes, I think, well, I'd like to think that the energy is just going to be different. I think they're going to hear different things in the community and on yeah. Twitter. This is a new era of players that are connected and they're going to see that the connection's different. 
And I think that matters. Like, how does that not matter? Like the energy, the karma, you know, just the vibe around the team. Like, how can that not seep down? You know, when when it was announced that the sale was going to go through, there were a number of players that went on Twitter and social media and outwardly said, don't blame that any of this stuff anymore. Get back on board with us. And I didn't think they were out of line for a second to say it. Like for the last couple of years, you know, for me, it's been, look, like the only way this is going to work as a community to get behind these guys, if you want to, is to separate and go, there is one side of the building that is going to be a little off-putting. But the other side, how do you not like what Terry McLaurin is doing? Right. Or John Allen or Deron Payne earning a contract or Montez Sweat or Logan Thomas or Antonio... They have a they have a team you can hug here. Like they're very Jahan Dotson was a hit. Like and he's a good kid. Like yeah, I, no, I don't this, know how you can't. It's a see good locker that. room to deal with. Yes, they're a good locker room, and they are very good players. And I know what the national pundits are saying about them, but I'm going to sit there and go back to them and say they had a top three defense a year ago that wasn't getting any turnovers that addressed that need at the top of their draft and got back the guy who should be the biggest playmaker on a defensive line of playmakers, where did you come up with that they're not going to be good? Or, I don't know, they have four to six pro bowlers on this team, and I'm not exaggerating, and you're telling me they're not going to be good? Like, keep telling them they're not going to be good. That is a very good roster. It's not the best one, and there's major questions at the most important position, for sure. And I will hear out anybody that goes, Everybody's jobs on the line. It is true. And that can go either way. That can galvanize people. They could win a lot. And that could go sideways with a lot of guys who are up for contracts. And it could be a powder keg. And I get it. Like that could go either way here, which is why I think they need to start fast this year more than ever. But outside of all of that, I don't see how this change doesn't have at some level a positive effect because I think they're going to hear it. They're not, there's no way to be in a bubble and ignore the outside noise anymore. And the outside noise is literally different over the last 48 hours than it's been for the last, for anybody on this team in their tenure, for sure. Well, listen, John Allen told the crowd, I've been waiting seven years to see it like this. And so the thing that, again, that the trickle down is if they indeed sell out that season opener against Arizona, not only just sell it out, but you create an atmosphere where it's not a... 60 40 and I with the Cardinals it wouldn't be that anyways um, especially with Kyler Murray not playing but if it's like even if it was 70 30 if you can get a 80 20 split again back to yes. which, which something like that like now you create an atmosphere that these guys want to be part of and it yeah. hasn't been like that like and I don't blame the fans with the home game stuff I don't blame no. anybody at all for what they've done but the bottom line is it's been a bad atmosphere so if you can create a better one with your own fan base, they're going to get more excited. I mean, you know, it just, there's There's a massive opportunity here because this is not a glam team coming in week one. They're not going to travel a bunch of fans. There's not a bunch of Cardinals fans are going to show up to the game. It's going to be up to all of us to show up and show out for this team and for the organization and show the owners we're back. Um, Game two at home is Buffalo. So we'll get tested. Those people travel. They love that team. It is a premier team. They have a very, and um, how many of those people already bought tickets? 
or oh, secured geez. them on the secondary market because it's cheap. It was cheap to get into our building and getting from Buffalo to Washington is not a big deal. There are a lot so, of Bills fans in the area. Yes. So this is not like this is going to this isn't going to happen overnight. I do hope that that first crowd, that Cardinals crowd is extremely full and pro burgundy and gold. Um, but I don't think that this flips overnight. Like I have a funny feeling those Buffalo fans already acquired those tickets and there will be a large contingent of people wearing blue in the stadium. And there will be people jumping through tables at FedEx field. So that's what I expect to occur. And it's going to take some time to get the season ticket base back up where it was, where the tickets aren't available anymore. Cause right, that's, that's what key. it used to be. Right. The opposing fans didn't go cause they couldn't get in. <laughs> Because they and couldn't if, get in. And listen, you go, and you know this, like you go to any NFL stadium, you're going to have thousands of visiting fans at every sure. game, you know, pretty much, except for a place like Buffalo where you're going to get, you know, they all have season tickets, whatever. There's some unique situations, but by and large, you're going to get that. So, if the, and I know like these players are already looking at that, like they might be able to play in an atmosphere that it will be fun again at home. And um, this goes about, back to the other point that the, this team deserves that. It like and it, separate out what was happening around that team. You don't like that team that they're putting out there. And I get it though. It was complicated, like extremely complicated. You can love McLaurin. What's not to love about him, right? But the guy who's signing his checks was making it hard for you to spend the money to be there. And that I get it. I understand it. I get it. And I think we're just dawn of a new day. And the slate is not clean, but it's cleaner than it was. And I think it just, the door is open for everybody to go, okay, let, let's let bygones be bygones. It'll be a normal situation. Listen, I still like those colors. I still like that team. I still like what they mean to our community. I still think the NFL is the biggest, baddest product in this country and certainly in this area. This is a team that has a legacy. Let's start rebuilding that legacy again. They haven't been a loser the entire time of this organization. It's time to change all of that again. Right. And if, if nothing else, there'll be a normal operation. So a couple more topics. Um, how much pressure is on Ron Rivera right now? Ton. I mean, obviously, you know, a ton. Um, I, this is for a later date. I was talking to someone about this recently, but this is for a later date and not for now. But I'll just say this now. Like if he this is his last year, if and it's a big if I don't I don't think there's any certainty to that whatsoever. I don't even want to insinuate it. But if it is um, and they do start winning, you know, like afterwards you know it, and these are all if ifs right second second level ifs i hope nobody forgets what he did over the last three plus and now four years for this organization the stabilizing force that he was for them amid all these other things that were going on and if there is anybody that has earned having some breaks this year and having an over 500 record and maybe getting a playoff game it is him like i really no matter what this group decides in the offseason i am really rooting for him he has done a lot for this organization more so than most other people he's been a, a really really great representative he hasn't gotten everything right you know we can we can parse out the coaching decisions or personnel decisions and there are a lot of them that are fair criticisms of his tenure but there are a lot of things that that guy stood up for had to speak on had to deal with that had nothing to do with him and was outside of his character and so I am rooting for him. You know, I don't know whether they're going to win or not. And for all the reasons we already discussed, 
there's a lot of questions about what their record really could be. Because the reality is, if your quarterback play isn't very good, you will lose. You will lose too many games. So hopefully that's not the case for him this year. And if they have a pretty good season, I hope they catch the breaks. Because even whether he is here beyond the season or not, he deserves it. Nobody in that building deserves it more than him. And, you know, my own, my word on that one, too, is what we don't know is all that he had to put up with with ownership. And I know, like, I've talked to people here, like, you have no idea some of the stuff that they have had to put up with the last few years. And, you know, even like the pressure to get that Wentz deal done, it was um, just that's why they ended up overpaying for it, because there was a ton of pressure from ownership to get it done that particular day. That's why they end up giving up two third round picks. The Colts knew it. The Colts knew they were under pressure. But it's a yes, lot of things and, like you that. You know what, though? But Rivera went to them. I can't absolve him. He went oh, to no, them. Oh, no, 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 no. That's, that's not the point. And so, da- so Dan says, get the deal done. Okay. Well, that that's what a good owner does. Not the way he did it. Not the way he did it. He shouldn't, John, he shouldn't have been, like, clearly he shouldn't have been put in front of him and said, we advocate acquiring him, you know? So, like, that's fine. That's fair. But the way it's done, it's not normal. And that's what I would say. But anyway, but that's a minor thing because you're right. That was a, that was an organizational failure. That's fine. Well, then there will be more stuff that comes out much later. Um, Really quick on the defense, biggest concern. Biggest concern. Um, I think my biggest concern really is it is awkward um, when you have a lot of guys on expiring contracts and they do have that. So I'm a little worried about that part of the business part of it. I will be interested to hear Rivera talk about, I'm sure some, I hope someone asks, have you approached the ownership about extending anybody? Because remember they were on a wait and hold until this got done. And there are a couple, and I'm guessing it's Cam Curl and Montez Sweat that they would potentially approach and potentially do something with. And I wonder what the new ownership has said about that. Are they, you know, I wonder how much Rivera will yeah. reveal. I wonder if they just said, nope, we're playing out the season and it'll chips will fall where they may and we'll make our decisions off of that. Or if they are listening to him and saying, if we can get the right deal done with, say, a cam curl, we'll do it. So I'll be interested to hear how that goes. Yeah. And then outside of that, like, I got to tell you, John, like until I'm until I see something otherwise, I really do believe their defense is going to be good to great somewhere in there like i don't see bad i see good a bottom line of good and potential if forbes is like sauce gardener in year one of being great and therein lies my real optimism for winning on the field is i think the defense should be top 10 to top five again and this time around probably have some turnovers which they have not had and if that starts happening and games start getting flipped i think all of a sudden you're going to see a record that surprises a lot of people. And I, I'm going to give two names to, to me that can go take this team from good to D from good to great chase. And then Jamin yep. Davis, Davis got a really kind of ascend in this year, but chase, if chase is back and has yep. a really good year and, and maxes his potential, then they could be a really, really good defense. Um, last thing, obviously a lot of talk about the name, about name change and should they, will they, whatever, whatever, my understanding is the same as it was the other day that, you know, it's not a top priority. And this is, it's, I've kind of been consistent on saying there's not a, it's not, it was never going to be a top priority, but then, you know, would you rule it out down the road? No, because I don't know what they, what they're going to think down the road. And I, I could definitely, I can see them at some point addressing the situation. Like, should they do it? And to me, once you go down that road asking if you should do it, then you're probably going to take that next step because 
you know, I, I just, but I think that's, it's a long process, but I'm curious what, what your take or your thoughts are on that situation on that topic. Uh, after hearing what Magic Johnson said, and then what Josh, how Josh Harris said it, because he was asked twice. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't think, if you didn't hear that they're not only open to changing it or that it would happen, then I think you're not listening closely. <laughs> so I felt from the get-go, I'm same as you. All I heard from anybody who was close to them that I could right. get information about said to me, this is not going to be higher their priority Correct. list, which is why I kept saying over and over, they're not coming in here and doing that. Correct. So you need to lower That's- your expectations if you think they're going to do that. But I would always answer that question. Go check the tape on this one. I would say, I haven't talked to them. And I haven't heard Correct. how they answer this question. Correct. And they're going to be asked on day one, Correct. what do you think of the name? And how they answer that question is going to be very important. And the way that they've answered that question basically tells me they're going to. I don't know when, but they're going to. It's not going to be this year. And it may not happen for a couple of years. And it may time up with a new stadium or it may, who knows. But I am pretty convinced after hearing the way they talked, and then I don't know how if you got the same thing, like the reaction from the people I've talked to about this up until this point, all of them were like, whoa, like this was they left this door. It wasn't cracked open. It was we're about to kick it open. We're just not going to do it now. Right. So <laughs> I, I think I, I read that as it will happen because all he said was, if that's what the fans want. Well, I know what the fans want. Well, it, yeah, because it's funny because on that question, it was uh, Matt Paris. Matt Paris from the Washington Times asked him, what do you think of the name? And his comment was, it doesn't matter what I think. It matters what the fans in the city think. Well, we kind of know what that what, what yeah. they think. So I'm I'm with you on that. Like, and this is not a report. And I know you're not reporting it as I'm not reporting fact, it, but I'm just but I think I just, what I heard reading it, if you're yeah. reading it, then I think it's hard not to say like, yeah. I, I can I can see it. My thing was always it's not a top priority. They have other things they have to do first, and then you get to that because it takes a massive amount of effort, resources, time, et cetera. And there are so many things they want to do first. But you know, clearly to me, again, it's almost like if you say, Yeah, I'm considering retirement. Well, once you start considering it, you're down that road, right? And I think the same thing is here. They know what the name is. They're all from this area. Yeah, come on. They, of course they know. <laughs> These people know the organization. So of course yes. they know. I'm so proud of myself too, John. You know, when they finally announced the name, I had to make a decision. Do I change my touchdown call? Do I put commanders in it? And I did it. <laughs> I won. There you go. We'll end on that one, Bram. Thanks yeah. for coming on. Yeah. Hey, everyone. I wanted to bring you a special interview with John Hines, the owner of Adventure Park, who has been sponsoring this podcast for over the spring into the summer. I wanted to talk to him because he's a fan of the Washington Redskins slash football team commanders. So he's been a big fan of them for a number of years. I wanted to talk to him about what does it mean now after this ownership change. But also, I know a lot of you are barbecue fans. So am I. You know that. So what, and so is he. So we talked barbecue, his favorite, his go-to recipe, the one that his kids always ask him to do, and it's called Swine Apple. Stay tuned because you're going to want to try it after hearing from him. And then we spend a couple minutes talking about Adventure Park, why he thinks it's a good, good activity for anybody to do. And it sounds like it, it can be challenging. It can just be fun, but it's something you probably would might want to try out. So here's my conversation with John Hines the Adventure Park 
owner. John, thanks for joining me. And we're going to talk about Adventure Park in a couple minutes. But I am curious, you know, you're a Commanders fan, correct? And so I'm curious, I'm curious what this change in ownership means to you. I honestly never thought I would see it happen. Uh, And, you know, I I grew up uh, a loyal, loyal, loyal Skins fan, Uh, uh, you know, stood in line to get tickets during the strike season, Um, uh, had had season passes for for 20 years. But we eventually gave them up and just out of frustration because, you know, I, I, I was raised knowing that this year could be, you know, 10 and six. Right. This year we could go 11. This year we might get 12. But after two decades of we're going to struggle to get seven wins, um, it, it, just, it just took the wind out of my sails. It got to the point where the only reason to go to the game was to tailgate. <laughs> I'm, yeah. So, and, and so when, when, there's, when the ownership change is announced, yeah. what's the feeling like inside for you? uh it, it's uh not 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 quite not quite euphoria but extraordinary optimism uh i i'm willing to just write off the last 20 years of of experience and try and try and bring back in my brain the 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 john riggins and sonny jurgensen and uh joe theisman and 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 all those guys and those great days i just want to act as though the last 20 years didn't happen (laughs) i i think a lot i think you just spoke for a lot of people with that sentiment and you know do you do you think i mean i've always thought that there's still a lot of passion in this fan base and there became a lot of apathy because of exactly like you said where's the hope and then you have all these issues off the field is this enough to get people back? I think so. I think that that uh, the new ownership team uh, has has a is stepping into a just a, an absolute void. Uh, it it it's not like it's a burning cauldron. It's a void. We yeah. desperately want uh, good people with quality skills uh and and commitment to making this team great and and you know there's there's every reason to be very very hopeful that that harris and rails and magic johnson and the and the and the rest of that cast that they have assembled uh are going to do a good job are going to do a great job i i think the i think they can be reignited pretty quickly and i think it's as long as you know build something good you need to all, you know, still need to win, but you can do that and ask for patience with a group that maybe other can reward that patience or at least not embarrass everybody off the field. I think that's, those are, those, that's a, that's kind of a low bar for what people have been through. Just don't embarrass, yeah. don't embarrass and the families. The, the reality is, I think that, you know, if, if sometime in the last two or three years, uh, the commanders had stomped the NFC East and won the Super Bowl. Um, w- w- an awful lot of fans would have gone an awful long way to just sort of forget about the oh. first 20 years of Dan Snyder yeah. and go, okay, he's finally learned. It only right. took, you know, it only took seven rebuilds and, 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 
embarrassment and failure, but he finally figured it out. So now we're going to support him. Well, he didn't have the skill set to make that happen. All right. So let's talk a little barbecue first. And I know we were talking, you, you've got a specialty and there's a YouTube video out there about it. Tell us yeah. what that specialty is. That is the swine apple. Uh, uh, simply stated, you, you, you peel a pineapple, you core the pineapple, you, you take uh, uh, baby back ribs that you've already cooked mm. uh, and you pack it into the core and you put the ends back onto the pineapple and you pin it with uh, uh, you know, skewers and then you wrap the whole thing in, uh, in bacon. And then you put that whole thing on the grill, low and slow, until that bacon is crispy. And it's just amazing. Okay, first of all, anything with bacon is good. Uh, there you go. And, and so there is a, how did you, like, how, what was the process of getting to that recipe? Uh, my daughter saw an article about it and mm. said, Dad, can we do this? <laughs> and I believe we did it for my son's graduation. Uh, uh, we had a graduation cookout. I think we did it for his cookout. Yeah. And and you've done it ever since. And 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 it, and it is a family favorite now. So where's the, where's the you where can they see that on YouTube? Because I think they're going to want to see it and just kind of go step by step. Where can they see it on YouTube? Um, just search for, uh, uh, search YouTube for swine apple. Um, and, uh, well, I think mine was the first one out there. There, many people have done much better videos about it than, 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 uh, uh, than my daughter and I concocted 13, 15 years ago. So with, with the baby back ribs, I mean that, you know, could you use it just with regular spare ribs too? Or? Sure. Sure. Or, or, or even just pulled pork barbecue. You know, um, but you whatever you're packing in there, that that needs to be cooked before uh, right. before sent because the 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 pineapple w won't get hot enough to cook anything inside. It sounds really good. So yeah, I think it, I may it, have it, it is. It it can be a mess too. You can also you know as I had a I had a a grill failure the last time I uh, a barbecue grill failure the last time I did it. Um, uh, and I had to pull it off of the grill, uh, and uh, I finished it uh, in my oven, and mm. and that worked fine. Put it in a convection oven and uh, and let it rip. Lost lost a little bit of the smokiness, but part of my part of my grill failure added extra smokiness. Had a fire in my grill, so. <laughs> well, and now, and I know people will listen and watch the podcast, and they yep. know about Adventure Park, but tell me, what is it? What is it that? you know, people need to experience for themselves when they go there? What is it that you just say, like, you got to try this, you got to try that? I, I, we are, uh, we're all about what I call individual challenge and achievement in the, the, the parallels to snow skiing are, are spot on. Hmm. When you go skiing, there's the mountain and there are all those color-coded trails for difficulty and you take on whatever challenge you're up for. And and you and every time you do it, you get a little bit better. Well, of course, the, the adventure park is the same way. We have um, uh, 14 trails in our main section. They're color coded for difficulty. The easiest trails you can do if you can walk from the car down to the park, you can do the easiest trails. Uh, the hardest trail is the hardest trail uh, climbing trail in the country. It's it's 
going back to the ski analogy, it's like the the face of a great ski mountain. Uh, most people will never come down the face of a great ski mountain. Most people won't try, and most people who try the first time come down on their rear end. They don't, you know, they don't do it great. But there's that guy that comes down the face and it makes it look easy. That becomes aspirational. And that's why we have this one insanely hard course, the gauntlet, because we want it to be aspirational. We want every person in our park to look up there and see somebody making it look easy. And in in here or in their heart, they say, that's going to be me someday. And uh, because the trees continue to grow and we continue to tweak the courses and people's experience and balance and strength changes every time they come out, no two, no two experiences at the adventure park are the same. You know, you can go ride the same roller coaster 20 times and you get the exact same ride 20 times. Uh, you can't climb one of my courses 20 times and not have 20 unique experiences because your own skill and experience and strategy improves as you go. Uh, so we have many, many guests who who are regular climbers who climb um, a couple of times a month. Uh, we have uh, one one woman who's been with us for many years who climbs on average 160 times a year. Wow! She comes to the park. Uh, she she definitely loves our season pass. Uh, <laughs> and, yeah, and tell me what else? What else? Did, the last thing is what else do they need to know about this? Whether it's you talk about season passes or yeah, or yeah. just other things, you know, if you you want to bring the family, what other things can can you do? And, and what uh, else a couple a couple of important things. Um, we we take climbers as young as five. The five and six year olds have to climb with with uh, with their parent or adult to bring them. Um, but our oldest climber so far uh, climbed on her ninety fourth birthday. Wow! Uh, and um, we uh, one of the fun things about the park, uh, and and it used to be unique, but every a lot of other parks are following uh, following the lead. We climb at night as well. Uh, yeah. We have about two miles of uh, LED uh, little LED lights strung through the park. We call it twilighting. It's enough light to climb by, but you certainly know you're in the woods at night. Um, uh, but uh, especially on these hot summer days, climbing in the evening is is really nice. Um, and then as we get to fall, you know, we fire up the fire pits and, and the, the whole place just has a, has a special, uh, special glow about it. The other thing I'd like to, uh, share is that, um, uh, last fall we opened, um, uh, family axe throwing, uh, adventure axes at the park. We have four axe throwing lanes, uh, and we've really tried to set it up. Uh, so that it's uh, it is very family friendly. Um, you know, I don't know the last I, I, I don't know too many families that will will take the 14 year olds to a bar to throw axes. Uh, <laughs> but you can you can bring the family to the adventure park to throw axes. And we've got staff there to to show people how to do it. And and we use projected targets. So you're not just throwing it a, a painted round sign. You can you can throw at zombies or you can play blackjack with the axes or battleship or or, or throw at a regular target. Uh, and that's turned out to be real, real popular activity for um, uh, for groups of friends and families who might not be that interested in climbing in the trees. That sounds a lot of fun. And John, I appreciate you coming on and joining me. Well, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. And uh, ha ha hail to the commanders. <laughs> yeah, at least for now, we'll see what happens. Don't get used to that one. Uh, yeah, you know, you I go. have, I have uh, hanging on my wall. I have a. Um, 
uh, a, an original score of Hail to the Redskins by Bernie Breedskin, uh, oh. uh, autographed by him. Um, uh, you know, it's can't, can't sing it anymore, but I can keep the I can keep the memento. There you go. <laughs> Thanks, John. All right. Thank you. That's it for this episode. Thanks to Bram for joining me. And also thanks to John Hines for joining me. And like I told you, I'll be back on Wednesday with an update after practice. I'll be doing a practice update every time they practice. So talk to you next time.